you guys, we have a super special episode with Chandler Layton today. Chandler is an upcoming musician making her way up in the music industry. Pre-quarantine, Chandler was on American Idol season 14 and then came out with a featured song with Elenium called Lonely. She has been gaining followers ever since because her voice is so pure. And if you haven't heard of Chandler, you should definitely go check her out. Chandler and I go way back to middle school when we would create music videos for her and she would sing Hannah Montana songs. We grew up in the same area and then coincidentally went to the same university. Ever since, she's participated in talent shows, performed at bars, performed in front of American Idol judges, and has now taken part in songs proving to the world that she has what it takes to be a true musician. Welcome, Chandler. Hey, Chandler. Hi. Oh my god, Brittany, do you remember when we put on fashion shows in the hallway of my house in middle school? It was like literally sixth grade and we would like strut in the whole hallway like back and forth acting like it was a runway. Oh my god, that's so funny. I just remembered that. Oh yeah, I remember all that, especially like middle school when we'd be like, it'd be after school and we would just, I would record you singing Hannah Montana songs and we would make music videos to them. I am so <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> I can't believe you remember these things. Oh my god. Amazing. We all love Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana was my guilty love pleasure. Miley Cyrus. I still love Miley. <laughs> we still love her. We still love her. <laughs> so what have you been up to during quarantine? Quarantine started, what, in March? Yes. I was bartending at the time. I've okay. been a bartender ever since I've been 21 to like, basically I paid my whole way through college. I've paid my own rent ever since I was 18. I was kind of like on my own and being in school full time. Like I couldn't like work. I tried working retail, but like wasn't enough money. So then I was working like at anthropology and a bar at the same time. So it's just like that money bartended through even when I got out of college because it was so much money and it was just so easy. And then I was just absolutely starting to hate it and it was literally making me miserable and it was so weird like when quarantine happened a lot of people lost their jobs including me like because yeah. it was a restaurant obviously and like bars and restaurants immediately like shut down shut down and now like they're back open the restaurant ended up permanently closing wow so I like completely lost my job there uh luckily I'm on unemployment for right now but kind of I feel like it's guilty of me to say that like COVID brought me really good things. Not, that sounds weird. Not no. bad at like, all. The pandemic. <laughs> yes. I mean, like in, in the way, like forcing us to like maybe leave jobs that we weren't really happy at. Um, and I've had so much alone time, like to write music. I've written more music than I've ever written in years. Wow. Oh, um, exciting. So many finished demos, so many features, and I think I've, I've finally, because I was working six days a week, like, till two in the morning, I didn't want to, like, writing music was exhausting, it was a lot of, like, brain power after I had just been talking to people for an eight-hour shift, and mm -hmm. I guess now I find time to write music, so every Wednesday and Thursday, I'm in sessions, I'm, you know, collaborating with new artists, and it's honestly been, like, and my career I guess you could say oh my wow. gosh that's so good to hear I feel like it's not just you though everyone during quarantine has found something that they're like okay this is what I actually like when I have the time to do it you're yeah. not 
forced to work. You're not forced to do anything you don't want to do because life has put everyone on a pause. So if you were able to be on that pause, you're able to see what you're truly passionate about and what you can't, like what you like and what you don't like. So don't feel guilty. I think when you spend like your whole life, like wanting one thing and like trying to force it too much, you lose the purpose of why you started doing it in the first place. When you try to just like push something too much. And like when I was working that much and just like trying to create music, like I was forcing it. And now that I'm like finally not bartending more and I have all this time, like I can actually enjoy it again and like think clearly and pick up music when I want to and not feel I'm being forced to like write a certain number of songs a week. Like now it's more like I want to write and like I want to go in the studio because I'm not tired anymore. And it's, it's a really cool feeling. But I was going to say as an artist or a creative during quarantine to be able to actually say you've written the most songs. I'm sure a lot of people are putting a pause and not finding inspiration. That is how I was the first three months of quarantine. I was literally miserable and couldn't write anything because all I could think about was like, everything's closed. I lost my job. I have no money. I'm living at my mom's house again. I felt like I was backtracking in my life like I felt like I was growing and then like pandemic happened and it just like smacked everyone in the face and it felt like everything that we were working towards just like now you're back to square one and so I had no inspiration I had nothing to write about because like you're not living experiences like doing anything to write about and so I was like why do I like what the hell am I supposed to write about like hey I'm alone sitting in my room like you know but I ended up actually, actually ended up writing most of songs called Alone, um, which will be my first single that's gone. But Ooh, and then I, I realized like I can actually like gain some sort of inspiration more so like on how I feel. Mm-hmm. And I finally like I accepted the downtime first. I let myself just do nothing. Mm -hmm. do absolutely nothing and then I was like okay it's time it's time to come back you know find a purpose again so let's go all the way back to the beginning you've done American Idol you've done YouTube videos but when did this love for music start (laughs) oh man I used to be a big musical theater kid um I started doing musical theater in the second grade and started taking it seriously like third and fourth Um, I went to summer camp for five years in a row. It was like three and a half weeks long. And like, I would always try out. And at first, like, I remember the first audition song, I think I sang like happy birthday. I was so scared. And I got a horrible role. Like it was like, I got like the like ground choir role, you know, because I like, was too afraid to like sing or act. And then literally two years later, I ended up being like the main character in the Newsies, which was like a play. And it was an all girls camp. So I played Jack, who was like Aww. the main character. Aww. Yeah. And I was just, I think like I grew at a very young age, like being very scared and then like realizing like, oh, I love singing and acting. And then in, I stopped going into high school, the musical theater, and then picked up a guitar in eighth grade and more so focused on like my solo like path singing and it took me I think a while to figure out my style I'm still figuring it out but I think like in high school I was very like sad and acoustic like I definitely have those like qualities still but now I've 
gone more towards like electronic and pop and like synthy stuff. So, how was the journey on American Idol for um, you? Idol was, I was a freshman and sophomore in college. It was really fun. Like, don't get me wrong, like, I made some great friends that I carried on for years after Idol, and I just, I don't think it was maybe the right environment for me, because, like, you, they would literally, like, you don't sleep for 24 hours. Wow. Like, you're, they don't know, and you have to stay up for 24 hours learning a song, so the first year I did it, by the time, like, I was literally, we were at the Orpheum Theater, and I was literally falling asleep. I was trying so hard to, like stay awake mm-hmm. and like I, I know that they're like trained to like you know like but I'm like nobody stays awake for 24 hours to like <laughs> I was like this is really like scary and hard so it was it was honestly kind of brutal yeah it was literally it was boot camp and like it was so fun though because like your like levels of like anxiety and like all this stuff is forcing you to like be your best and like learn really quickly, but it actually did the complete opposite for me. I went on stage and was so tired. I couldn't remember a single word. Oh, I know that. I literally fell flat on my face because I was just exhausted. And that was so embarrassing. I remember just like bawling, crying when I got off stage, just like I had never been been like more embarrassed I also was singing a song it was not meant for me because you don't really get to choose it's like the group's choice um, um and it was like a really fast like one republic song I don't remember what it was called but yeah it was like I think in terms of like just being surrounded by like-minded people it was a beautiful experience and I definitely made some great friends from that show and it was just like fun like just hanging out with musicians all day long and singing and so like that aspect but like the competition aspect wasn't so great (laughs) yeah it wasn't your style so then how was meeting like the idols everybody is so like oh my gosh it's American Idol judges like you gotta meet them do you actually get to talk to them do they actually help you or is it something that it's more just for TV I have really good memories for some reason with Keith Urban I feel like we like vibed and like been homies you know (laughs) I remember this the second year I got kicked off in my because I came back I actually thought I that was one of the best performances like I felt so happy on stage and like I was owning it it was actually um well what was the song from Greece like you better shape up because I need a man Uh, and it was like uh did like a a pop like slow version of it and I thought I did so well and stuff like right after that wow and like Keith like gave me this like weird look like he kind of just like nodded as if like hey you're good like keep going or it was it would maybe the complete opposite like yeah get off stage you suck (laughs) no when there's that yeah like it was like I can't even explain it it was like this weird like it was just like I know it sucks but keep going you know yeah this is always it's not like and he always had really nice things to say and that's so good. Oh, that's good to know. What was it like after after you left Idol? What was the aftermath like? Honestly, like I I wasn't on enough 
episodes for it to like actually do anything it's not like I got to like the top 40 or anything so it really wasn't anything drastic for me but did you get any like followers that did you get like support I there's definitely like a handful of those people who probably follow me from idol but it definitely didn't do like a dramatic big impact as where like the Elenium song had more of a dramatic impact than idol because like I wasn't like there was no like likability with me because I wasn't shown as enough. Well. Like it was just my audition and then that was it. So uh, no, it didn't really do much for me. So tell us about that song. How did that come about? I wrote that song my senior year of college wow. in my living room with a bowl of ramen in my lap. <laughs> and I just like, I only wrote the first half. I wrote a verse in the chorus. And I sent it to my friend, James Young, um, who is an artist and a really friend of mine. And he was like, okay, fly to LA next weekend. We'll record it. And it was originally actually supposed to be for me. Like it was supposed to be a solo song. And it's, I mean, like the demo is so different. Actually, like the original version has a whole verse that was taken out of the Elenium one. So like, if I were to do like an acoustic version, there'd be like an extra verse in there that was like flopped around, but literally wrote it. James helped me finish the second verse and the bridge. We recorded the whole thing. Like everything was basically like done. And then for some reason, I'm going to send this to Lennon. And then I just, I messaged him and I was like, Hey, I I have a demo that I think you'll like. And so you that met was literally it. <laughs> the guy and the guy was like, yeah, I like this and let's add it. Yeah. Wow. No way. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> did you message him through Instagram or how did you? Oh. Yeah, surprisingly. I don't know. Lit in the DM. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I don't know who I think I thought I was. <laughs> but I think like in this generation, like everything is so much online And I obviously, like, I don't have a manager and I don't have, like, anybody reaching out to these people for me. So it's just kind of like I shot my shot, you know, and obviously, like, I had no, like, hopes of him, like, responding or any DJ for that matter when you reach out. You Mm -hmm. know, like, I'm sure they get thousands of DMs. So, like, I felt like it was a very weird, like, rare occurrence for that to have just so happened to be writing his album at the time so it, like if I had sent it to him maybe later or earlier probably wouldn't have happened but because like right when that album was coming it kind of worked itself out oh my god that's awesome that's awesome so before you said your music was more slow and sad so is this the first time you heard your voice in a more electric song not the first time i did a feature with a song that i had sold off to another dj before that but i didn't put my name on it because it wasn't at all my style but the millennium one like i have been listening to edm ever since i turned when did I start? I think I started going to EDC when I was like 19 or 20. Oh. I used to like watch him. Yeah. And I, yeah, it was crazy. Um, <laughs> but I loved EDM and I was like, I, you know, person who gets to feature on one of those songs one day and wow. Wow. manifested that. And uh, yeah, so I, I love electronic cause I've always been listening to it. I definitely am trying to pull back a little more from that world and start focusing more on my 
project, but I like hearing my voice with electronic. I think it's so fun. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. How does it feel for a musician to like get their song chosen, but then half of your song gets taken out mm, of it? That's a good question. I actually had an interesting time with that. Is it first like the first verse was like my favorite verse, so that being taken out was hard. I actually like considered like, am I gonna away or am I gonna keep it for myself? Um, but I think at the end of the day, like I had respected him so much as a musician, mm. and I think it was it was kind of cool to like reverse this. Like what happened was the bridge was the first part of the song, and then the chorus, and then it was the second verse. Okay. The whole song arranged, but it like it worked which was crazy but yeah I was scared to like let go of like a part of the song because like that song was very very personal to me I bet so like that first verse like being taken out was like a piece of the story being taken out which was definitely hard to let go of but I'm still I'm really happy with how the song turned out yeah because you got a lot of like listeners to start listening and they're like oh wow who's this new girl Chandler so I'm pretty sure you got a lot of Yeah, surprisingly, just because I think like vocalists and EDM, I definitely think like the writers and the vocalists are undervalued for sure. Because I know so many talented like writers and vocalists and like who make the song, you know, like what it is. And I definitely now have so much more respect also for those people who write so much. Like I obviously have only done this one that's at least been out yet, but I've definitely learned throughout this whole process, like how much I like respect like also not just the DJ, but the writers and the vocalists and all the people who are involved in vocal productions. Like it's a whole thing. Wow. Um, who are some like yeah. pop people you would want to be featured on their album or their songs? Oh my God. I would die happy if I ever featured with Bon Iver. Not oh. to her. <laughs> <laughs> but like... Like, in terms of, like, that style, him and R-Y-X, or maybe it's pronounced Rye-X. Oh, I... Um, him and Cascade. Oh, <laughs> my God. Wow. Like, I, I think I would, like, completely retire from EDM if I could feature on a Cascade song. And I'd be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> like, yeah. that's it. I did it. I reached the top. <laughs> so... Focus on your music now. Like, what is your music? Where do you get your inspiration from? I definitely get my inspiration from uh, Charlotte Lawrence, Lennon Stella, um, as in like current like pop culture, because um, they're like very like synthy pop electronic. At least Charlotte Lawrence's, but also like Lennon Stella is has very like eighties to it and still has like electronica synth pop and I think that's so cool also like Billie Eilish not as slow but like style from female artists like that's what I love and then again Ryx who um if you haven't you need to after this session you need to listen to his music it's insane ah, I will um but as far as like current current people like Ash Oh, yeah. She, um, um, I think she is incredible. Like, such a great songwriter. And I think she's so rad. And yeah, I think, like, as far as, like, current people goes, like, those four women. Who do you surround yourself with? I feel like I have five different personalities. And I, like, have 
I feel like you could probably have your friends that you work with. Yes. Like your friends that you do radio with or, you know, and like you, like for me, I have like the people I make music with. I have the people that I want to party with. I have the people I can cry to. And then I have, you know, I have people that my sister lives in Colorado. So it's like, I have my Colorado friends and um, I like having like a diverse. Yeah. You have a very outgoing personality. Then I'm the same way. I have like a few friends, but like the friends I do have are in like different groups. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to have that because you're like, oh, these are the people I can talk this with. And this, they understand my music part of me. Exactly. Like different friends bring out different sides of you, I think. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like if you, like if you want to write some great songs, it's like you're going to hit up your music friends and you're going to hang out with them and talk about your dreams and your hopes. But it's, yeah, then you get, and you're just like talking about random shit and laughing about stupid stuff and it's like different different energies and I think I like that Uh my mom my mom called it being a floater where you just kind of like float from different like friend groups and like oh my god that keeps things interesting you know I I get to be like five different people (laughs) that's cute so when (laughs) quarantine first hit we saw on Instagram live there was a bunch of musicians that were going live on Instagram do you think concerts are going to continue being live from home soon and from now on? Or how do you even think concerts are going to return? I I had a run time listening to streams, like those, the concerts when they first started. Like, for instance, um, I just did a song with Blank and Jason Ross and Seven Lions premiered at the Gorge. Nobody was there. He was literally at the Gorge Amphitheater by himself, but it was like a live stream at a concert venue. So it was super cool to watch. But it's just like not the same, like in terms of like the sound and the bass and your friend been up and down and like people sweating on you. <laughs> it's not like while I like it, I just I don't know. Like I know a lot of people aren't doing it. Like a lot of people like kind of refuse to do like live streams. Um, which I totally respect because it's like if you want to give people that like experience and make their shows like you can't do it via webcam you know so I feel like it'll like go like a social distancer where everyone will just like maybe sit in uh you know like box seats at the Hollywood Bowl yeah yeah I feel like that will start happening at concert venues instead of people standing maybe they'll be sitting you know and like in separate groups so I have no idea when they're going to come back. And it makes me so sad. Yeah, right? I'm like, I can't even mind sitting down at a concert. Like, please, my back hurts. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I'm getting old. Like, I've seen these, like, the, the drive-in concerts, too. But even that, it's not the same thing, really. Because now you're so far no, away. I think your friend Keith Urban did it. <laughs> <laughs> See, but, like, people are, like, leaving their cars and stuff mm-hmm. and not following exactly. guidelines. It's, yeah, I, I think that's super fucked up. It's, like, there's literally a pandemic going on and people are still throwing concerts, but, like, they're not cars. They're running around. It's, like, people are not at six feet distance. They're not wearing masks. It's just, like, hold off on concerts altogether until, you know, like, we don't need any more people. That's true. And then also, um, going off of musicians, is there any advice that you would give to a newer musician wanting to start pursuing their career? 
um, the first couple songs that you write, if not the first 10 to 20 songs you write, are probably going to suck. And like, that's okay. You don't have to thing with them just because you feel like you've completed a song. I think I had to let go of like, oh, just because I finished a song, like, and if it's not good, you have to put it out, you know? And it's just like, you're going to have to keep right and recycling until like you really, you know, find something good. And just don't get discouraged. I think we easily, like as musicians get frustrated when we can't write mm-hmm. and we just sit down and like nothing comes out and it's like, okay, like sit there for like 15, 20, 30 minutes, but like me out, like don't force it and come back every day after that and like try and try again, but definitely don't force things. Keep writing. It's your shot. <laughs> the worst thing people are going to say is no. Yeah. Um, but like, don't be embarrassed to let yourself out there um, for sure. And about pay. Is the pay good when it comes to giving a song to somebody? Should they be expecting money in return? How does that work? I think like in the music industry, it's it's really difficult to make money if you're not touring. Um, it's really hard for writers and vocalists because even if we get a vocal fee, it's not tax. Ended up we end up like like having to pay um, taxes on it later. Um, and it's like a one-time vocal fee, but then you get, um, your like publishing and like masters and percentages like on top of that, depending on if you wrote on it, if you sang, um, it just all depends. It, like, it depends on who you're working with. It depends on how much you wrote, but like at the end of the day, yeah, like these musicians who aren't touring right now are taking a really, really, really big like hit. Wow. So it's like, if you're not saving which is another important thing to talk about as a musician, like there's going to be times like this where you're not making any money and it's really important that you have a second job and you account because yeah. it's like a, a hit or miss kind of thing. Like one day you have a job, one day you don't, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. You could beg, you can be big one week and then the next week you're like, okay, I'm not even getting any calls or no one's hitting mm-hmm. me up. So it's good to know that. And I'm glad yeah. you- So it's like, don't go out and buy a car. Oh. <laughs> right. No, it's- don't go buy a house. Like, save your money. Yeah. It's good that you speak on that, though, because I know that there's a lot of younger people that listen to our podcast. And I don't know, there could be that one person that listens in and they're like, yeah, I want to be a musician, but how do you even get started? And hearing that advice from you, if I was- Hustle. A, yeah, you got to hustle. Money isn't really a factor. You do have to write- you have to write a lot like if you want to actually make money like an actual career like you have to write an excessive amount you have to feature or put out like a, not I wouldn't say a lot of songs but definitely good songs I think like another piece of advice too is a lot of people think that just like putting out music super fast the best thing like it's more like quality over quantity in my opinion like yeah. I'd rather have a musician put a couple songs at a time that are really good than like keep pumping out like songs over and over again that like may be okay um <laughs> like for me for instance that's why I haven't released music it's because like I'm making sure that what I put out is perfected and sounds like me and is like my brand I guess I should say ah uh, oh that that's sense. amazing so where can people find you? 
on Instagram <laughs> at Chandler Layton. Um, I'm on Twitter, Chandler I am on Spotify. I obviously only have that one feature out right now, but I have a creepy cover of Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles coming out in the next couple weeks. Oh so <laughs> tune into that. <laughs> and- okay. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the Instagram. We're not really strangers. But they basically. Oh my god! (laughs) You have the card game. Yeah. Do you have it? (laughs) So we ask all our guests a question from the card game. So your question Uh, is: What is the most unexplainable thing that's ever happened to you? I feel like, in a sort of way, like that lonely thing was pretty unexplainable. Like I hadn't written a while, and everything just happened so fast. It's like. I wrote the song, flew to LA, recorded it, gave it to him. He responded, sent me the master on Super Bowl Sunday. And it was just kind of like, it just like kept, like everything kept moving too smoothly. It like freaked me out. I was like, this doesn't happen. Like this, for people at least like me, who are very small, who don't have a following, who don't have any music out. I was like, in my head, I was like, be like this, take a chance on somebody like me and so I think like for it to just like happen like so smoothly as easy as that mm-hmm. it was just weird like and I didn't couldn't explain it and I was like why is this happening to me uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah I guess I guess well, like that would be it that's actually what Brit said you would say yeah <laughs> really <laughs> oh my God. I literally was like, this is such a She's good She's going to say question. the lonely thing. Well, because like as a viewer so funny. and knowing you for so long, when I heard that you were featured on them, like I've heard about, I've heard their music before you were on them. So it was just cool to see it all come to live. And I was like, holy shit, like Chandler's making it like go her. And then, <laughs> I also don't like for, go on. for people who are like, might be listening to this I also don't want to come across as like this being anything easy like it definitely like yes luck is involved but like also a lot of hard work is involved like it wasn't like like you know I sat down we wrote that song we spent hours producing it you know and like it was it came from the heart like it was written by me and James uh, so I definitely don't want to like discourage making it seem like, oh, why is it so easy for some people? You know, it is a lot of work. I just somehow caught a break. I was in the right place, like at the right time. And that is also like a really important thing to remember is like being in the right place at the right time. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, wanted to get that out there real quick. <laughs> it's good to know. And yeah. I would say you are somebody who I at least view as a musician and you are one of those people that you put in the work and like you even say you're like I'm a bartender but that's not really what I want to do I'm really a musician and I try and I feel like even through your Instagram that is who you portray yourself as and I feel like it's gonna work out you just got to keep pushing and keep grinding thank you I hope it does (laughs) so much for being on the podcast Chandler Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. This is really fun. And it was really great talking to you again, Brittany. <laughs> oh, it was good talking to you too. Thank you so much. And we will put all of Chandler's information down below in the description. And thank you so much for coming thank on again. Thank you so much, Chandler. Thanks, Chandler. Bye. It was nice meeting you guys. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode with Chandler Layton. You can find her on Instagram at Chandler Layton. Stay tuned for her new releases or look for her on Spotify, Lonely by Lenium. Yes, and make sure to check us out at In Our Feels Podcast, where we'll also have all the updates on Chandler, so you can check us out there. Check her there, too. Like us, rate us, subscribe to us, give us a validation (laughs) with a review. Rate me a 10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) And make sure to, hey, tell your friend, you know, your friend might want to listen in. Tune in next week together. We love you. We love you guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.